Morphin Legacy presents The Grid. Howdy, Ranger Nation. This is Shatter A22, Vice President of MorphinLegacy.com, welcoming you to episode 157 of The Grid, which we have titled, It's Too Powerful! Joining me in this episode is Austin. Hello. And Amber. Greetings and salutations. But before we get into today's news, we'd like to remind you to follow us on Twitter at The Grid PR and check out our link tree for a master list of all the places you can find us. Especially TikTok, because we're popping there. Yeah, follow us on TikTok. We're hip with all the fellow young kids. And with that... Let's go ahead and get this shit started. Alrighty, so for grid announcements, in case you don't follow us on Twitter and Instagram, which you should, we recently unveiled new grid rangers, thanks to Amber. She designed and drew them, and each of us are going to say what we were and now what we are. So I'll go first. Formerly, I was known as Grid Ranger Silver, but now I'm Grid Ranger Metallic Silver. Hashtag, there's no change. I mean, I have glitter now. We put some glitter in there, but that was really no change. I have glitter and I have new sunglasses. It's very chic. If you've ever seen any picture of Ray in real life, nine times out of ten, Ray is wearing sunglasses. If he's outside in the sun, he's wearing sunglasses. Yeah, I got very sensitive eyes. So I was Grid Ranger Red, and now I'm Grid Ranger Metallics Rose Gold Miss Thing. Miss Thing is the house down boots. House down Metallics boots. And I used to be Grid Ranger Pink, but obviously since now Austin's the pinky one, I'm going to become Grid Ranger Metallics Gold. If there was going to be a gold, who the fuck else would it be? This is strong, yeah. It just felt good. Alrighty, so on to Dino Fury News slash Dino Bite. We got a shit ton of season two toy press photos released. So first up, we got our first look at the Dino Knight Morpher, which Zato is going to use to transform into, I'm guessing, the Red Dino Knight. It looks cool. It came with a picture of the Battleizer armor, whatever. It's very reminiscent of Void Knight armor, so I wonder what's going to go on the EF. Next up, we have Rip and Go vehicles for Red, Blue, and Green, which are pretty much those Dino Fury cycles we saw photos of. I Love the Dollar Tree. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. It's nice that we get at least a girl figure in the set. Yeah. Probably just because it's green. I guess if you didn't get an Izzy figure and you don't want to wait for Lightning Collection, I guess you can just get this and throw out the shitty bike. Rip and go. Go down the garbage. We also got 12-inch figures. Why is their left arm not all silver like they're supposed to be? Because they usually cheap out on paint for these guys. These are super budget. All the money for them is the plastic. They're twice the size, so you got to have more paint, so you got to cheap out on some of them. I guess. Because I remember they made MMPR ones and those look ugly. So that comes in red, blue, black, and green. But better figures, we got some six inch figures. We have the red Dino Knight Ranger, the black Dino Fury Ranger with a shield sleeve, and the green Dino Fury Ranger with a sprint sleeve, and a henchman. I am excited for the henchman. I always love villain releases. We better get Slyther and Mucus for season two, maybe in the fall. This was what pisses me off because I'll take or leave the Lightning Collection figures for Dino Fury if we get them. Sure cool we don't whatever at least release standard figures for black and green but no the only standard ones that were released are in that five pack that's how they get you though they want you to buy the five pack because they have exclusive figures they will release black and green but they're gonna be different so you still buy the five pack with the exclusive normal sets that was kind of a roller coaster because they just announced the five pack everyone was like oh my god they're not gonna release them separately and then they were like no we will release them separately and then it's this isn't is he rumored is he's rumored to get a lightning collection figure yeah. yeah, I'll just wait for that. But Javi, I'm just saying. They're releasing Zato. They're releasing Izzy's. And there's rumors that they're going to be finishing Beast Morphers up. So I'm guessing maybe they'll release the rest of Dino Fury in future waves too. Beast Morphers as in like Steel also? I don't think Steel's released, but the wave that Zoe was announced was the last wave that was rumored. So hopefully we get Steel, we better. If we get a Zoe and not a Steel, I'm done. I'm so done. Better come with a human face too, shit. I'm gonna replace it with a non-twink. Shut up, Amber. <laughs> Twinkator. I don't believe in this himbo erasure. Steel twink supremacy. You had a 
twink already that season. I don't give a fuck. You got a gold ranger. I don't want to hear this shit. Let a bitch have something. Damn. I'm selfish. Well, you know, we have a steel beast bot figure. I have him. He's gorgeous. And lastly, for toy releases, we got two Megazord fresh photos. So we got ones for the Moserazor Zord. And we got ones for a new Zord called the Terra Free Zord. Pretty blue. Pterodactyl. Has a little baby egg mode. That's kind of cute. Alrighty, so on to casting. Thanks to the power scoop. We have Steve McCleary, who voiced the Stone Triplets. An episode we're going to review in a sec. Voicing Snag Eye, which was a toy that was announced in those battle attackers. And Null Eye. So we're figuring that these guys are the Cyclops guys. The Snag Eye obviously is one. And then in the Sanchai, there's a version of that just says a greenhead. So I'm guessing that's Null Eye. Alrighty, so lastly for Dino Bites, the Alpha Stunts Instagram, also known as the Power Ranger Stunt Team, leaked two villain names on Instagram, which are Void King and Void Queen. I love it. I know what it's referencing. I don't fully know the context, but I love it. We already have a Void Knight character, so I'm not sure if these characters are going to be original or not, or they're just going to be characters that were already costumes, but color me intrigued. Is Void Queen Sanchera? We don't know. I'm curious to see if they get suit redesigns or if Void Knight gets an upgrade. Oh, you think Void Knight suits are just going to be repaints and that's going to be Void King and Void Queen? It's possible. Because I know there's a brown version. Oh, ew, don't do that. Maybe that, or maybe they're just going to use villains that are in the show already and that's going to be Void King and Void Queen. Because I know the last villain is just like a giant female villain, so maybe that's Void Queen. And all the villains are based off chess pieces. Alrighty, well, moving into Lightning Collection Lightning Round. So... You know, something I don't think any of us give a shit about. Lightning Collection Zap. Zord Ascension Project. Is that what it stands for? Yeah, Zord Ascension Project. So they announced the Dino Megazord, because what else would they fucking start with? We need a 50th version of this stupid, ugly Megazord. Megazord is so ugly. They just keep releasing him, and that's just money that's staying in my wallet. To go to manga and anime figures. They must sell, because every time they announce the fucking Nine Omegazord, I see people like, oh, I need that. I need that. I'm like, why? You got 50 others at home. One thing I will say about this is that I know this is a collector's item. I don't think that it's reasonably priced at all, because this is $165. I want to know what it's made of. I don't give a fuck. The thing is, is if it's diecast, I it's a lot. That's not affordable. In this economy? Some people pay for that shit though. I mean, look at that thousand dollar Tommy statue. That fucking sold. What I'm getting at is Bandai, at least with the Legacy Megazords, they were more affordable. The Dino Megazord of that was like $70 or something. And it was still diecast. That's all I'm getting at. This is insane. And I think there's some parts that aren't even painted right too. I think people found that out. Yeah, they added a hexagon pattern on the pterodactyl chest for some reason. Where did that come from, Mary? We're bitching about this. I'm not of us are gonna buy it. I stay winning because I'm not losing money for that. All I buy are all the Lightning Collection figures I want and I pick and choose those figures. I don't get everything. I got other shit to buy. I got pops. Anyway, if anyone wants that, it's coming out <laughs> August 1st. It's probably sold out by now. Up next, Lightning Collection Red Ecliptor figure was shown at Fan First Friday. There's no pre-order. There's no date. So I'm like, what the fuck? They just showed it off at Fan First Friday and they sent us press photos and they didn't tell us how much it is when's it coming out or pre-order link was he ever red he turned red in an episode it's not some gimmicky alternate color it's just another excuse to use the mold well i'm really glad ecliptor also got two figures and i'm still over here waiting for a single gen i guess it's kind of good that they waited a little bit because they're improving on the head sculpt did you really want a wave two or wave three gen figure with the creepy kim smile i mean if the heads are bad i don't pose them with the head like that's not an issue for me oh i do every single fucking one of them yeah me too i don't i pick and choose that kim she is living her levita loca on the shelf the only figure i have that isn't displayed with the civilian that came with it is white dino because that is a fresh suit and i love the helmet and it was a journey to get a right helmet psycho silver doesn't have his civilian head because i wanted just psycho silver because that is my aesthetic graphite silver i'm shining like a silvery silver it reminds me of that sentai parody where they were all office workers and 
none of them had proper colors. There was red, gray, sepia, moss green, and salmon pink. So is that us? Yeah, basically. None of us have those appropriate colors. We're all six ranger colors. The only color you have to have is red. Everybody else is like, who gives a shit? No red on our team. Alrighty, so on to comic news. Yes, we have comic news. We're talking about comic news because we might actually review this. Maybe. So Godzilla versus Mighty Morphin Power Rangers miniseries was announced. Hell yeah. It'll be five issues starting in March. It will be written by Cullen Bunn, who wrote Deadpool comics, and illustrated by Freddie Williams, who did the art for Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He's from Kansas City. He goes to Planet Comic Con. That's cool. I know. I was like, hey, that's a local guy. Plot synopsis. When Rita Repulsa uses an ancient artifact to transport herself to a universe without Power Rangers, she finds herself in a world with aliens, kaiju, and Godzilla. Hoping to annihilate this new foe, Rita hurls her own terrible creatures into battle, but she never expected that the Rangers have followed her to this alternate reality, pitting the dinosaurs themselves head-to-head with the king of the monsters. Can we take bets on how this is going to play out? So I think that other kaiju are going to come out. It's kaiju. Well, of course they're probably going to have other kaiju. There's a whole mega shit ton. I'm personally voting for Mothra or Gamera because Gamera is really neat. Let me finish my prediction. There's going to be other kaiju. There you go. And uh, similar to Godzilla versus Kong, Godzilla is going to team up with the Power Rangers. I don't feel like you've seen other kaiju movies because that's typically what happens. I haven't. I've only seen that. And it's like maybe Rita will use Mecha Godzilla. (gasps) That's literally Godzilla versus Kong. I just want to see Gamera. Spinny Turtle. So depending on if this is a bop or not, and depending on if we have time to, we might do like a special edition episode reviewing this. I would never confirm if we were reviewing a comic or not. If I feel up to it, if the vibe is correct that one week, maybe. Not to tout my power, but if I say yes, then we'll do it. If I say no, that's not. Yeah, it's not gonna happen if Austin says no. If I tell Ray I don't want to do something, that's not gonna happen. Sorry. I'm the kind of host that wants my co-host to have fun with stuff, so if it's something that's not gonna be fun, we're not doing it. And the comics normally do not bring joy. (laughs) I like reading the comics, but talking about them is too much sometimes. I mean, I do like making Ray do things that Ray doesn't want to do watch shell shock so we might we might not moving on video game updates battle for the grid added Rita repulsa to their growing line and she's voiced by barbara goodson finally it has happened to me i might actually buy this game who fucking knows because people didn't think she was gonna do it because there are cutscenes in the story mode for battle for the grid and it's voiced by a different actress i'm behind on battle for the grid i have season one that's it it's fun for the most part it's better than legacy wars that's for sure oh yeah the perks for Battle for the Grid is you buy a season pass and actually get the characters you're paying for. You can drop like 50 bucks on Legacy Wars and not get the characters you want. All right, miscellaneous news. So Scott Page Pagter, voice of Porto and voice director for the Saban era, passed away on December 5th of 2021. Rest in peace, Icon. I love Porto. Porto's an icon. Legend, Icon, star. Iconic drag moment in Trouble by the Slice. Oh my gosh. That's like one of the funniest things ever. <laughs> Thank you for that, Legend. All right, now, so time for a rant. And I have other words other than what you wrote down. So, Renegade Studios, they announced a Time Force Ranger expansion pack that doesn't include Time Force Pink, which I tweeted about, and literally everyone had to tell me, oh, she's included in the Shattered Grid and I don't give a fuck. Would I have to buy two expansion packs to get the full time force? No, I don't have it. I'm poor. I'm sorry. I'm not like all you on Twitter who are like, I'm buying every set because I need every expansion pack. No, I'm not. I don't roll like that. Also, because you're not even going to play the fucking game. I'm not even going to play it. I have no one to play it with. I wanted the time force pack for myself. They're my faves. I'm not someone who has the kind of money to just buy every expansion pack. So I think that's shitty that she's not included. I think they could have done maybe a different variant. Yeah. Yeah, like do a different pose. Because Shattered Grid, that's a whole separate thing. And that was a while ago too, so who the hell knows if it's still available. Literally having everyone having to tell me that pissed me off even more because I was like, I know you guys. I just think it's shitty. Anyway, that was bullshit. It ain't cute. Here's the bullshit thing that I just noticed. You can pay for an alternate, for example, Shadow Ranger figure, even though he's in the pack. So why couldn't you just include the Pink Ranger's cards if you didn't want to put another figure in there? That's fine. This little individual figure for 10 bucks. I'm like, okay, if I really want wanted it, I would consider that. 
Is it really that big of a deal to just include the same card and figure in this pack? It's Time Force Rangers and she's not even in it. When I suggested that, that unleashed another can of worms where everyone was like, I don't think people would be happy owning a second gen figure. I don't give a fuck. It's the thing though. That one is an alternate version, so it's different than the one that's included in the pack. And then it's just for the, you can either choose to have it or not, but it just seems like a little bit sussy. Just make it a little bit different and let me buy it. Because if that's all I want, that's all I fucking want. I'm over it. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not buying this game, but this is part of the reason why I'm not buying this fucking game. So some company named 3-0 is making a Ranger Slayer figure. This is a 1-6 scale figure. I think the pre-order is already sold out though. Oh yeah, they're all sold out. That shit sold out like in a minute. So mad because I I actually did want to pre-order this. Retail price is $140. It's coming out in September 2022. So maybe there will be more available in September. Do I have to read this whole product <laughs> description? Do you want me to read it for you? I'll do it. Sure. Three Zero and Hasbro are excited to reveal Ranger Slayer, the popular villain from the Power Ranger comic books by Boom Studios. The one six scale Ranger Slayer is a limited edition articulated figure, exclusive in North America to previews with a smaller allocation reserved for Three Zero events. Standing approximately 11 and 38 inches tall with a hand tailored fabric costume, cloak, pauldron, and unique Ranger Slayer helmet, the figure includes a utility belt, blade blaster and holster, bow of darkness, arrow, and interchangeable hands. Don't miss out on adding the Ranger Slayer to your Power Rangers collection, limited to 1,500 pieces in North America. So the pre-order, is that for all the pieces they have? That's it? Well, it did say a smaller allocation, so probably if the 3-0 goes to cons, they might have a few pieces that they sell at each one. If you are into that, Steez, that's fine, but if Super 7 is going to do one, that one would be a really good alternate, and plus it's a way better price point. Well, GameStop has that Ranger Slayer statue, like the Rita Repulsa one we got. That is $30 now, so I want to get Honestly, that's going to look a lot better. So all you poor people out there listening, you can... <laughs> You can go to your local GameStop and get the pink Ranger Slayer statue. I love my Rita one, and I've been eyeing the Ranger Slayer one for a while, but in stores, it's been like 60. It's 34 on their website. I was actually very worried about the Rita for a while, because all we saw was the uh, digital prototype. And then once I got it, it's fucking cool as hell. I love it. Yeah, those early photos of the Rita statue were rough. So that's the end of our news section. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we're going to get back with the reviews. Strap in, folks. Yeah, there's a lot. Hey everybody, this is CR Hannah, aka Gia from Power Rangers Megaforce and Super Megaforce, and you are listening to The Grid. Go, go, Megaforce! And you know what time it is? It's morphin' time! Alrighty, and we're back with episode 17 to 21 of... So yeah, the original plan was to just review 17, 18, and 19, but those are all fillers and we barely have anything to say about them. So we decided to just be like, hey, we can just do three episodes, quick thoughts and whatnot, and then just talk about the finale regularly. So let's get on that with episode 17, Our Hero, written by Guy Langford and directed by Caroline Bell Booth. So on to the brief synopsis, this says, the episode begins with the Dino Fury Rangers hanging out at the beach, making sandcastles and getting ice cream even though it was Halloween like two weeks ago, but whatever. So we get some comedy shenanigans happening and an ice cream cart goes rolling down a hill and Ion saves it, giving him some hero cred and some free ice cream, which goes to his head. This would eventually culminate in Ion getting tricked into summoning his Moe's razor sword by a disguised slither, but the Rangers come in for the win thanks to a very ugly Zord combination, the Electro Zord. You shut up. That is a good boy. Are you serious? Yes, it is sweet, boy. Oh my God, that is is the ugliest Zord formation. I mean, it looks like an ugly dog, but like, it's so cute. That is like one of the hands down ugliest combinations ever. It's such a boy. I would just give it scritches. 
Interesting. Ion just said he designed it himself, and there was a funny moment where Slyther is like, ugly design, zero stars. Y'all mean and hateful. I'm not buying it as a figure, but he's a good boy boy. Some quick thoughts. Ion was very cute with his quirks this episode. He was very excited to get some ice cream and go to the party. Relatable as a gold ranger. He took a selfie in his battle blazing armor, and he took a dab on the haters. Also me. <laughs> but also that form, I don't think his Sentai counterpart ever used that form so that is exclusive to Power Rangers and of course blah 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 you gotta learn you gotta be a hero blah 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 wink at the camera lesson of the day all right we also got some Jane and Jay Borg moments because this okay there's five episodes left this is the only one they're in this is the only one they're in besides the makeover which you're in there for like five seconds that's so upsetting so their shenanigans of the episode is they get some ice cream even though Jay Borg's a fucking robot so of course she glitches which causes the ice cream thing to roll down the hill but we a quotable gifable moment from Jay Borg when she's like that was weird we then get another gifable moment from Jane when she's trying to get her scoop from the fight with the Dino Fury Rangers on the beach and she's like it's news oh my god I made a gif of that and I see it everywhere <laughs> everybody uses that gif now trendsetter but honestly that's the reason why we took so long for an episode to come in because we just went like a full month with no news whatsoever so we needed a little more news before we came back with an episode also my brother got married so that was a thing and then we were gonna record two weeks ago but then literally the day we were gonna record austin went to the dentist and they needed a wisdom tooth pulled out because the day before i'm like austin are you sure you're gonna be fine well i didn't know what it was gonna be i went to the dentist because i had severe tooth pain on new year's i was fucked i could so holiday weekend so i had to wait until the next week and then it ended up being a wisdom tooth at the cavity and then i'm like eh, we'll just move the schedule around we'll do commentaries first even though there's gonna be corner rub or whatever we have to make it work sometimes you gotta make choices gotta make it work gotta make choices we get you content we gotta do it because we will our austin chan and then austin just had taters for a week all right so yeah that is it for jay to jay borg for the rest of the season pretty much it's sad because I love this comic relief duo and they did nothing with them the last five episodes of the season because they're not in the Christmas episode either. But maybe next season we'll get a good healthy dose again. Remember they did more Victor and Monty and Ben and Betty the whole fucking time and you were bitching. I was bitching because the stuff they were doing was bad. I like the Jane and Jay Borg stuff. It needs to be peppered. They said that they were going to pepper it. I'd rather be craving something good than being vomiting over something bad. I didn't want Jane and Jay Borg to be like in a shopping cart like Ben and Betty were in the mid-season finale of Beast Morpher. Ben and Betty could never. Jane and Jay Borg are on another level. They can literally do anything and I'll be like, queens of comedy, Stan. Ben and Betty, penultimate episode before the first season finale. There's like serious things going down. Roxy's probably gonna die because she's in her stasis pod because that was fucked up by Avatar Roxy. These fuckers are getting these teleporting things and they're in a shopping cart running away from Tron and fighting them with fucking sausages. Are you kidding me? Fucking tone bitch speaking of tone yours is very pointed right now i know i need to talk about something i like like slyther he had some really good quotes this episode so slyther can't see himself in hypnotist this episode decides to use his powers he learned on an online class to turn the moser razors are evil and get some iconic quotes along the way like you're so evil you leave the toilet seat up you don't tip your waitress that is so evil. And when he's like fighting the Dino Fury Rangers and he keeps on failing, he keeps on saying curses, double curses, triple curses, quadruple curses. I love him. I love Slyther so much. They did such a good job with him. Ugh. This is what gets this Ray Moussio wet. Give me a campy villain with good quotes and I'm like, oh, inject it into my veins. Alrighty, so let's talk about Zato's dad energy this episode. This episode? Well, every episode, but this this one in particular. So first up, when Ion's like talking about like he wants ice cream, he wants to try it. We have him like, oh my god, it's so good. That was cute. That was a giveable moment too. And when after they're fighting and then Ion's like, fist bump. And then he's like, no fist bump for you. That seems like a line that was meant to be like serious, but it just comes out really funny. <laughs> Lastly, Zato has a huge dad energy moment when they're at the beach party celebrating the Dino Fury Rangers. Totally not a trap. He puts his hand over his face when Ion teleports in. And then everyone's like, summon your zord, summon your zord, summon your zord. And, and he's like, who wants to see his zord? Uh, it's okay. He's not going to do it. 
Send in the Mosul Razor Zord. So he just did it. Love it. Speaking of shit I love, let's talk about some honorable mentions this episode. While at the beach party, we get a moment where we hear a guy refer to the Gold Ranger as cute. I think the gold one's the coolest. Yeah, I bet he's cute too. I mean, they're right. I love uncorporeal voice repping my Power Rangers. No facts, no printer. Speaking of gay, I kind of loved how sassily Void Knight sounded on his throne this episode. He has like legs crossed and he's like, mm. That was my icon for a bit. I'm the Void Queen. Period. Alrighty, so that's the end of episode 17. That was quick, right? For me. For me. <laughs> Alrighty, so on to episode 18, Crossed Wires, written by Guy Lenford and directed by Caroline Balbooth. On to the brief synopsis, this is, is the episode opens with Izzy and her girlfriend. Slay. Yes, queen, yes, queen. Snap, snap, snap. Comes out of class, even though it was summer last episode. <laughs> summer ends, Ray. Indeterminate amount of time passed. Two episodes ago, it was Halloween. It was summer last episode. Now they're back in school. And like three episodes from now, it's going to be Christmas. <laughs> Where's the timeline in the show? <laughs> Time is made up in Power Rangers. Time is irrelevant. Especially when they have holiday episodes every two year. Where Fern is concerned about Izzy's grades in her electronics class. And he says, she got this by sheer coincidence. Her skills are put to the test by Void Knight, who puts the sleep machines all over town. And Izzy, who messes up at first, is able to disassemble the sleep machine and gets an A on her test. Yay! Yay! Slay. I'm surprised she got an A. Gay people are terrible at quizzes. The way they portrayed this episode we learn that Izzy has a hard time they're more hands-on they have difficulty reading about stuff but if someone shows it to them then they'll be able to understand it so that's what Ollie did I mean he was a little bitch about it at first I love Ollie but he's a little prissy bitch about so much I want to like you because you're adorable but you need to fucking chill out bud like the stuff in the last two episodes I loved Ollie's stuff in the last two episodes but sometimes Ollie's a little bitch sometimes most of the time most of the fucking time it also raises a Awareness for kids because kids have a problem. They're the demographic. So it's good for other kids to learn about this stuff. So they're not making fun of them and whatnot. It's okay. Some people just learn by looking and using their hands and being hands on with it. Also, love to see Fern this episode. We love the lesbians. Kiss on the cheek, bitch. You know what I didn't like though? Why was Pop-Pop at the end of this episode? Because it reconfirms that Izzy's got it now. So she was helping him. It was an easy way to have a character that we all already know. I'm not a Pop-Pop. Stan. I think he's fine, but like it's just a cute little way because he's already a recurring character. Oh, I have words for Pop Pop next episode. It doesn't make a lot of sense to have characters like Jane and Jay Borg hang out outside the school, but Pop Pop is a handyman, so maybe the school hired his company to do what he's doing, getting better. I guess. I didn't need him. But it's just a nice way to, to confirm the lesson. Because she learned the lesson, she was able to prove herself, and now she's comfortable. Because she's like, got the A, so she's super comfortable. She can just like, oh yeah, I can help you fix that. Your defense worked, I guess. There is no way you can defend what happens next episode, though. Nope. Nope, no, 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 no. All right, hold on. Let me crack my knuckles. But let's finish this episode first. The stone triplets? I love them. They were so funny. I could already tell you which one is which for us. I'm furious about the names, though, because one of the names should have been different. Their name's Stone Sad, Stone Rad, and Stone Mad. And what is that a reference to? See, Stone Rad should have been Stone Bad, and then it could have been a Homestar Runner joke because the brother's strong. The main guy is strong bad. It would have been funny to me as an old internet person because the Homestar Runner cartoons are hilarious. And I was like, you were so fucking close because Strong Bad was the coolest. So he would have been the Rad, and then Mad and Sad are hilarious too. And I'm like, yes! All right, so I can tell you which one is which. Amber's obviously see Stone Rad because they said Mad Respect. Dudorito. I'm like, wow, call me the fuck out. I'm stone mad because stone mad was taking everything super serial and wanted to get shit done. And Austin is stone sad because baby stone sad cried about everything. <laughs> okay. Damn. All right. On to something I have to mention or Austin was going to kill me. Murder you. So we get a little glee moment at the beginning of the end of the episodes. Because at the beginning of the episode, we're at the school, which is actually another entrance to Summer Cove High, by the way, in real life. So we hear over the intercoms. And best of luck to the glee club at regionals tomorrow. And then the end of the episode, when we get back to the school, there's another announcement saying, And regionals 
are sadly postponed as a monster crushed the venue. That is such a funny joke that I'm sure 90% of viewers missed. You guys need to talk to Guy Langford and be like, did you really mean that to be a Glee reference? Please tell me. <laughs> we were watching this like an hour ago to just refresh ourselves. One of the, the civilians are asleep and they woke up and one of them was like, I dreamt a goblin turned me into a tree. <laughs> I feel like I hallucinated that. That was so strange. I'm loving this writing department this season. This is my kind of shit. Unhinged. Austin, there was a Twilight reference you probably would have lifted off into the stratosphere. Oh, for sure. Just hear somebody in the background going, what are you doing, Loka? Oh, oh my gosh. They say, okay, boomer and mad respect and this hits different. So I wouldn't be surprised if they said something like that. We watch a lot of TikToks. Alrighty, so that's two down. Let's move on to the least good of a show. Uh... Which is disappointing too. Okay, episode 19, The Makeover, written by Maya Thompson and Guy Langford. This had two writers. And the one from the previous episode. And directed by Michael Hurst. This episode begins with Dr. Kana finding a treasure chest from Purplebeard the Pirate, while Jay Borg interviews the director of Pine Ridge Museum, Beatrice Conton, who asks for donations, and M pop up out on a date. Meanwhile, with the Velens, a Sporks beast named Bone Switch, which is the bodies of the Dino Fury Rangers, except Izzy. But who cares about that? We gotta see the two old people awkwardly flirt with each other. They do that, the Ranger swap back, and the episode ends with Purplebeard's treasure revealed to be two Dino Keys. So yeah, this episode was mostly focused on Pop-Pop getting the hot hots. Because for some reason, a majority of this episode focused on Pop-Pop flirting and going on a date with Beatrice Cotton, the director of the Pine Ridge Museum. This stuff is sweet, sure. Not in my body swap episode, Miss You Dylan. put this in a body swap episode. No. So let's sit here and, and unpack this a little bit. How many body swap episodes have we had? At least one every season for the past 10 and years. And they all kind of run about the same. It's the same kind of story, right? Yeah. This is a different take on it. It's like... Not a good one. They didn't do anything with it, though. It's different, though. For example, what happens later when Amelia and Zeno are playing Wingman. There's a lesson there, number one. And number two, it does something different other than the just awkward... Oh my god, you're in my body. I have That's what I want. But we've had that every season. I don't care. I wanted that stuff. I know you like that. And they did have a moment. Like when Zeno is like, it's weird patting myself on the back. Like that's funny. Like there was stuff here and there, I will admit. They don't do anything with Ollie and Hobby. Barely anything. The body swap stuff takes the back burner. That's the B plot of a fucking body swap episode. And if you're gonna do a lesson though, what lesson is there to be learned? Hobby and Ollie are the opposites as opposites can go. Have them live a mile in each other's shoe. Dr. Khan is very supportive of Ollie's endeavors and Sheriff Garcia isn't. Or Warden Garcia. Izzy doesn't get a swap with anyone. Fucking Ion switches with a stupid pigeon. Let's talk about those shenanigans. So first we see Mucus and Slyther switch. Those two end up being the test subjects. Mucus and Slyther, she loves it. She feels strong and powerful and always wanted to play with this weird stick thing. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, a penis. Slyther is Mucus. Thinks being Mucus is disgusting and immediately turns into slime and he's like ooh I need a shower alright so Zato and Amelia also switch and they get the most focus out of everyone because they don't do anything with Holly and Avi and I think they did a good job at mimicking their characters just like you could see their facial expressions they did a good job there yeah she did a really good job like trying to eat that camera up trying to copy Russell Curry's eyebrows you put your whole Amelia Lucy into this alright so Amelia as Zato so Amelia and Zato's body has a cute moment where she tries to summon Zato's antenna and He's like, um, Amelia, what are you doing? I'm trying to raise your antenna. Is there a button? That was cute. Needed more stuff like that in this episode. Zato as Amelia. So he has to pretend to be Amelia when Top Ops on the date because she was going to be his wing woman. So before this, it got a few funny quirky moments. She's like, oh, this hair is really nice. Maybe I should grow it out like this. That was cute. And then he has to like change her voice around because she's like, hi, Pop Pop. Sorry, that tea's hitting different today, Pop Pop. And like Amber said, there's that moment where he's like patting Amelia on the back and he's like, thanks for helping Zato. Happy to be here. It's weird to pat my own back. 
I love that. <laughs> that was cute. If I didn't ship her and Ollie, I could be convinced into shipping those two. I mean, they kind of get moments here and there. I could be, but it's Ollie Amelia supremacy. I'm sorry. If I'm going to ship heteros. Not right there, Zed. Well, Ollie and Javi, there's barely anything with them at all. They have like one line. They can like have Ollie have to do some boy tech thing with his mom and it's like, oh, this is difficult. I don't know how to do this. Or like Javi has some concert he has to go to and Javi's like, I have no idea how to play this thing. Have some writers watch Freaky Friday? They haven't done that much with Javi's music though. They do in the Christmas episode. Yeah, but who gives a shit about the Christmas episode? I don't think Javi got a lot of focus other than like one episode. Yeah. His guitar. That's pretty much it. Yeah, Stego Search out like the last time. He was paired up with Ion kind of. That was cute and ship it. In our hero, yeah. When he was dressed up exactly like Chase. Yeah, for real. Backwards cap and everything. Exactly. Did you just read that old wardrobe? Makes sense. When we were watching the episode and I asked a question about Javi, I almost called him Chase. I'm going to get a Javi figure and they're going to stand next to each other on the shelf. We're not going to get that team up, unfortunately. That would have been the team up of my dreams. That's way too powerful. If they did anything, it'd be Beast Wars. You know they're not doing that because Panorama. Well, we know Kim Andrew Shaw is coming back. At yeah, but I mean like Rangers because all of them are American. Maybe Twink Steel. He's a king. Yes. I would take Twink Steel. It's something. Please. Or if you recast and he suddenly became a himbo, I would also be okay with that. Alrighty, so let's talk about Javi as Ali. He does some training with Izzy and Ion for some reason. Couldn't you just have him playing with an instrument? Maybe he's testing out the body. He does get that moment later on where they're talking about the key swaps because we get a key swap where they use their actual keys. That's stupid. I hate that. Which doesn't work because when Zeta Morrison Amelia's body, he has his body. And then when Amelia Morrison Zeta's body, he suddenly gets boobs and because they needed to use sentai footage obviously so. well i think when they morph they just got their original bodies back that makes no sense because it's like morphin grid how many bubbly bullshit don't even because you got fucking morphin masters this whole season fucking making shit up out of their assholes <laughs> no bone switch gets damaged and then we see them swap back and then they demorph and then they're in the wrong places so let's talk about the one joke they have with javi and ollie yes can't wait to destroy that beast and get back to my body no offense, dude. Your fingers are just too soft to play guitar. Thanks. I moisturize. That was a great joke. I don't care. I love that. I want more of that. That's the thing. All right. So Ion, they figured out their whole morphing debacle and they're almost about to switch. So they're like, oh, gold's not in this footage. So let's swap them with a pigeon. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. This season is not shy to do original footage, though. So that's stupid. But they would have had to do even more if they maybe swapped him with Izzy, though. That's what they should have done. She doesn't get a switch with anyone. That's stupid. All right, so yeah, Ion swaps to the pigeon. He's vibing and enjoying himself, and the pigeon in his body just eating worms. Uh-huh. A CGI worm, too, because it was obvious. Yeah, it slowly fell out of his mouth. So yeah, to wrap this episode up... Did not give. I enjoyed the little stuff here and there. I wish there was more. I didn't need Papa going on a date with some girl we just introduced this episode. In another episode, absolutely. I didn't hate that. I think going into this episode, because the body swap trope is my favorite in Power Rangers. That's like the best trope. Having that as my favorite trope and loving this season loving this cast i went into this episode with very high expectations so that's part of the reason why i was disappointed but also there's little to none of the body swap shenanigans which looking back at the track record the dino charge one is like the best one silva switch i wanted more of that kind of vibe i don't go into these with super high expectations well this is only time i've done that because it's body swapping that's my shit i feel like that's probably why I'm not disappointed with this. When we got the list of episode descriptions, because we got like a whole bunch of them, and I'm like, oh. Episode. That's the one I'm most excited about. <laughs> yeah, it did not give. I am disappointed in the episode, but that does not hinder my enjoyment of the entire season so far. Pretty high, so. Obviously, it's not the best body swap, but it's also not the worst episode I've ever seen because, again, there are seasons where their best episode is still worse than a season's worst episode. Their worst body swaps. There was still really funny joke. There was a lesson about being yourself, and it also kind of gives Amelia some kind of more focus because she doesn't really get that much. I mean, I think she gets more than Javi. Yeah, Javi has the least focus. He really does. I hope that does get rectified. I'm not mad at it because a lot of times the girls get always thrown to the wayside. So I'm excited to see the 
and get something. And I think Amelia has a cute relationship with her pop-up. I don't hate pop-up. I just... You just wish that they would have just focused on the swapping. Absolutely. 10 out of 10. My thing is they could have given the body swapping a lesson if they had the opposite personalities. Like if Ollie and Amelia switch, they don't get along at all. Oh my gosh, yeah. And then they could have started seeing where the other is coming from. And, and then that... Javi and Izzy swap and they have different relationships with their dads. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I like that. And then Zato and Ion, I guess. I don't think Ion and Zato would have been a good switch. Though. Maybe Zato and Solon. No, Zato and Ion are too close. Maybe those two didn't need to swap. Maybe because they're Rafconians, the swap doesn't work. There you go. That's it right there. They're immune to the swap. Because the sporks are made by Rafconians, so it doesn't affect Rafconians. I like that. There you go. There you go. You guys, fan fiction, write it. I mean, we watched The Eternals last week. Oh, God. Ray wrote a whole new movie in his head. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it, and it had he a lot of problems. It. I didn't hate it. I like the characters. I like the effects. There's a lot of problems in the story with that movie. The script needed like five more drafts or something. They should have done a civil war where both sides are anti-Earth and anti-Celestials or whatever. They didn't need a villain. The villain is hardly even a character. Who the fuck is the fucking Deviant? The evolving Deviant's name is Crow. They don't even say that in the fucking movie. It's on the pop and the figure. They don't say it in the movie. It's a pop and a figure? Oh, Jesus Christ. It's shelf warming. I can go on about this for hours, so let's back to the Power Rangers. Alrighty, so three down. Now, two to go, and we're finally ending Endgame of Season 1, Episode 20, Waking Nightmares, written by Guy Langford and directed by Michael Hurt. The episode begins with Ion having some more flashback dreams before they start digging up some super powerful dino keys. Zato and Ion use these keys to travel to Nabiro to get some new zords. Meanwhile, Dr. Akana does some research on Dino Hange and learns that Dino Hange is linked to a powerful energy source, aka the Morphin Grid, and has tapped into it with her equipment. Boyd Knight hears about this and wants to tap into this energy source himself. By reviving an old friend, Ion thwarts this old friend with a new power-up and two new zords. Not all is a loss for Voidnight, though, as he is able to steal Dr. Akana's equipment. Alrighty, so on to character focus and elements. Ion's nightmares and Rathconian rangers. Eh. Ion, are you okay? Just a nightmare. It was the final battle. The explosion? Our teammates? I have the same one. A lot. So Ion is having a terrible dream about the Sporks War on Earth. So yeah, that was a cool little flashback scene. We got to see an upcoming Zord, I guess, because that's a Zord we haven't seen yet. So he has his nightmare and he wakes up. And then at the same time, Zeto wakes up and he's having like a little midnight snack or some milky. And then he's like, I miss our dead friends. And I was like, ooh, damn, that's some drama. Because they're dead. So this is later revisited when we go to Nibiru because they start showing up out of nowhere. And I was like, oh, what happened to them? Are they still alive? But something's a little off with them because they keep on saying, It's too powerful! The Ultra Zord's gonna blow! Yeah, we get it. They literally say this. 50 times. I know. And it's funny because they're fighting and it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? The Zords. Yeah, you told me. It's funny because Ion's like, yeah, I heard you the first time. <laughs> but then we learn that this is actually projection by the Nibiru Guardian, who is like a giant ball of energy. Kind of looks like uh, Sam's sugar daddy because he's like a bigger version of that. I feel like it's also dripping. So it also looks like just a giant ball of slime. You kind of just find it monster suit around and just repaint it or something and that's the Nibiru gun. It had to be a giant ball of energy that's dripping. I feel like that would have been cheaper than just using that effect. Yeah, so that was the test, I guess, to make sure that uh, Ion and Zato weren't trying to use the Zords for evil. Hey, I guess that's a better test than eating someone off a cliff for the Zords. True. Alrighty, so Ancha Boomy's big comeback. He's back! The boom is back, baby! Back, back, back again. So yeah, Void Knight hears about Dr. Connor's equipment, so he gets Rayagul, remember him from the Halloween episode? Regal, Rayagul, whatever. So yeah, he's back because in the Halloween episode, he came to Area 62 to steal the Sporex, and he used Zed, and then after that, somehow he got sleepy cuffs put on him, and he's just like, you just sit here in this little cell until we meet you again. And it's here. He revives Boom Tower to use as a distraction while they steal 
steal the equipment. And then he fucking steals Slither's forks, and he, like, literally rips it out of his chest. And he also gets some explosive cannonballs, which take a little time before they explode. There's some little hilarity ensuing on that. He also says, boom, as a pun, every other word he says. So Boom Tower mops the floor with the team until Ion shows up, and then he uses the Shadow Baller armor with purple fucking glitter. And to quote Ion, this attack hits different. So yeah, Boomy goes boom, but he did what he needed to and he was a distraction for Void Knight to steal Dr. Sakana's equipment. Okay, this is the best part of the episode for me. Mikus's big dancing moment. machine uh, now it'll make you the coolest person in the world that's what it does i didn't think i could get any cooler oh wait i can yay she's the queen of broken make your skin crawl oh, yeah. mucus mucus she's the baddest of the ball yeah. So this isn't really important to the episode per se. Yes, it is. Okay, yes, it is very important to the episode because this is our shit. So Mikas has a dream where she turns on the Sporks machine and it begins to start up this dance sequence. They start a little fog machine and then we get some music and we get some slides blinking all over the place and then we get some dancing henchmen and then Mikas gets a costume change and we start dancing. Get- so this is Mikas's It's Great to Be Human. It could never. It wasn't long enough, but I want a full musical episode with two to three big numbers, please. Like Rogers the musical styled numbers. Yeah, yes. Uh, also, the thing that kind of tipped me off to knowing this um, was a dream when Void Knight comes up and says, Mucus, no! You've turned on the Sporks machine. You're so cool. I love that. That's how I know it's a dream, bitch. Void Knight would never say that. Alrighty, so no Sporks, Beast of the Week. So let's talk about some character moments. Amelia has a funny reaction to Boom Tower's cannonballs. She's like, Amazing trick. What's next, balloon animals? On to Ali Polly. Ali hilariously puts on this stupid voice on when he's morphed around his mom, which is pretty hilarious. Oh no! Oh no! What's happening? So Javi didn't do anything. Izzy Azalea. Izzy has a funny reaction to Boomy's explosions because of course we got to have our usual multicolored morph explosion. But then there's some more after and she says, was that more explosions than usual? <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Talked about Ion. So long, so long. Didn't really do anything. Jane and Jayborg in this episode. <sighs> Garcia's in this episode. Pop-ups not in this episode, thankfully. Talked about Void Knight. Baby Mucus. We get some witty banter because Zato comes in and and Boom Tower is like, So, five against one, huh? One and a half? Aw, oh, you tell him, Mucus. Fly Slyther, poor thing, got his fucking sporks ripped out of his chest. Damn, is this Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom? That's my favorite Indiana Jones movie. Okay. There's a scene when Indiana's trying to find the secret entrance to the temple, and he puts his hands on the boobs of the statue, and the love interest of the movie's like, Hey, I'm right here. <laughs> What? Yeah. You've never seen that? I've never watched anything new in Jones. <gasps> I smell a marathon. Oh, yay. <laughs> so at least Temple of Doom. Okay. I'll watch that one. Alrighty. So on to final thoughts. I really enjoyed the expanded lore with the Rafconian Rangers. Yes. yes. It was nice to see them fight on Nibiru, even though they kept repeating the same thing every fucking minutes over and over and over again. That's kind of the point. They're illusions. I know, but it was just annoying. I still think the pink one sounded like Sally Martin. I'm gonna say that forever. Could be. Just watch that one where she's screaming, so she's basically yelling that. They didn't credit the voices of these guys. Maybe they didn't because they plan on showing them next season, but they didn't cast the Rangers for it yet. I really hope we get to see them unmorphed. I would like to 
see them unmorphed. I was also kind of surprised to see them talk about them dying because like, ooh, that's pretty dark stuff for this show. For real, for real. Like, oh, you won't survive. Oh. It was nice to see Boomy again, even if he did make a boom pun every five seconds. I hope we leave him in season one. I don't need to see him back a fourth time. I think they only brought him back because he comes back for two episodes later in Resoldier and I don't think he shows up again. Okay, good, because sus. I like Boom Tower, but we got Slyther and Mucus. We don't need another Ice Age on our hands. I liked that they had to earn the Cosmic Raptor Zord because I don't like when Rangers get shit handed to them. <coughs> Megaforce, <coughs> Ninja Steel. Also, those are really OP ass keys. Light and Shadow, that is OP as fucking shit. And the fact that the black one is able to like summon black holes that they just trap you in. And just put together and make a cosmic gateway through in dimensions and shit. It's essentially a transportal device. That's Deus Ex Raptor Zord. That mucus musical number was mwah, mwah, chef's gifts. More of that in season two. And we had a great lead up to the finale. Okay, so episode 21, Boy Trap, written by Maya Thompson and directed by Michael Hurst. So this episode starts off with the Dino Fury Rangers discussing Void Knight and what he plans to do with Dr. Akana's equipment. They come up with a plan of using Dr. Akana as bait to sabotage whatever Void Knight needs with her tech due to it needing one more piece. Void Knight eventually finds this out and orders all his minions to capture Dr. Akana and the Dino Fury Rangers after they fight and defeat Boom Tower to enact his final plans, unfortunately for him. Ollie and Zato were able to evade capture and stop Void Knight's plan. Alrighty, so on to character focus and elements. Void Knight's master plan! After all these years, my plans are finally coming together. I promise you, my darling Centaur, it won't be long. So, Void Knight's master plan, of this season anyways, is to use Dr. Akana's equipment to tap into the Morphing Grid in conjunction with four, later five, of the Dino Fury Rangers and use that energy to power up and revive Santor at the expense of possibly killing the Rangers due to all the Morphing Grid energy flowing through them. That's kind of dark. Yeah, they actually mentioned, like, they might not survive this if they go on much longer. I'm like, damn. We see her wiggling around like, she's like, that's gross. And then Void Knight uses strategic teleporting to cuff Zato, but Dr. Akana damages the machine a little so that Ollie could destroy Dino Henge. He literally fucking slices off the dinosaur statue's head and then lava shoots out of them for some reason. I felt like I was watching like a really brutal samurai movie. So yeah, he stops the machine, but it also demorphs them because Dino Henge is their power source. So destroying that destroys their powers. I think it's more like a conduit to the grid. It's like the inner gems being the conduit to the morphing grid but we do get an epic fight after this like woof. ooh unmorph fight they put their whole season to that but they do have access to their weapons for some reason still I'm like does that work that can be possible because remember they have access to the weapons down in the base Ollie and Amelia used the weapons before they were even rangers oh true 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 kind of the same thing as with beast morphers they didn't need to be morphed to use the weapons Izzy does some damage to Santor's pod while Island blasts the capacitor presumably killing them both in an explosion but the episode ends in Area 62, where Centaur's pod is just vibing in the secret room, and then we see a charred Void Knight helmet on the ground. Did Void Knight survive? Probably. Of course he did. Void King is coming. Void King and Void Queen. But speaking of comebacks, Boomy comes back again. I don't know what you see in him. Okay. Boom Tower's back. All right. Boom Tower is brought back again. Even Regal is like, why? And is uses extra muscle to capture Dr. Connor for Void Knight. After that's done, Boomy just wants to break stuff and fights the Dino Fury Rangers again. He, of course, has the upper hand until all the Dino Fury Rangers combine their powers with Amelia to destroy Boom Tower. Hilariously dies saying, oh, come on, not a third time. <laughs> Dr. Akana helps out again. If you dare hurt my son, I will hunt you down and obliterate you and everything you've ever loved. Dr. Akana, who's getting a lot of love the second half of Dino Fury, because we saw her in the first two episodes, and then we didn't see her until the episode Ion shows up, and then she's like sprinkled in every episode here and there for the rest of the season. So yeah, she's recruited to use this bait, since it's usually Void Knight's MO to steal her tech. And then she has a funny moment to bait the baddie. She's like, oh, hi, yeah, I'm gonna head back to the museum. I got my <laughs> capacitor right here, guys. Okay, bye. 
Bye. And then when the Void Knight and his crew show up, he's like, oh no, you guys are here. Like, what are you going to do to me? And then Void Knight's like, yoink. She gets captured and put under with the sleepy cuffs and gets transported to the dock dimension. But Sato saves her. Slay. She then comes in guns up blazing when she confronts Void Knight with a stick and then flings the Chroma Fury saber at the machine. And then, this is the best part. She then goes all mama bear when she finds out Ollie is the Blue Ranger and says to Void Knight, if you dare hurt my son, I will obliterate you and everything you ever loved. Yes, bitch! Icon. Wally Weasley, who? That's some Commander Shaw realness right there. It's like, let's get some badass Ranger moms. Yes, yes, yes. It's about damn time, too, because it was like, every time you saw a parent, it was a dad. Now it's like, two seasons in a row, we got some badass mamas. No dads? Thank fucking God, I'm sick of this shit. I'm sick of dads right now. Give me a break. Let's do siblings and moms. I don't want to see a dad. Unless he is a supportive, stay-at-home kind of dad, where he's like, hey, I made you cookies, son. Or daughter. I mean, we don't have a Red Ranger with Daddy Issues this season. We have a Black Ranger with Daddy Issues this season with Warden Garcia. Alrighty, so let's talk about Green Morphin Master saving all our butts. Who is that? A Morphin Master. Your mission is not over. There is more for you to do. Of course. We'll stop the Sporex. But I have questions. What about Rafcon? What happened to my people? So after the Dino Fury Rangers blow up Dino Hinge, their power source that connects them to the Morphin Grid and their base, I guess, the Green Morphin Master, Shockert's the green one, comes back and is like, I fixed your shit, now go hunt the rest of the Sporks and Lords of Navy in season two. And then Zato's like, but what about Rafcon? She's like, later, bitches. Fuck Rafcon. Alrighty, so let's talk about the Sporks place slash monster of the week, Regal. Now she's lost in the dark dimension, along with those other two. Man, they're annoying. <laughs> Because he actually does something this episode besides revive a monster. So yeah, he revives Boomy and then he traps Dr. Akana into the Dark Dimension. And unfortunately, Mika's in Slyther. He grows when he travels to the Dark Dimension, fights Zato and the T-Rex Cosmic Megazord. He's destroyed because good riddance because he called Mika's Slyther annoying. That is so rude. Like, what the fuck are you, Mary? All right, let's talk about characters. Zaddy Zato. He takes responsibility for Dr. Akana being kidnapped because it was idea. And Ollie's like, oof. He gets made. I do like that with Zato. He's kind of a little bit more relatable because like sometimes you get a leader and everything they do is kind of perfect. So it's nice to see with Zato that sometimes things don't work out. And also he's learning. It's a good balance like Tyler because me and Austin were talking about this yesterday. Tyler is a really good balance for a Red Ranger because he's the stoic kind of leader, but he's also the goofball. Mm -hmm. When it's serious, it's time to be serious. Otherwise, it's like, what the fuck are we doing? We're just having fun. He also yeets Void Knight's sword after he's beat. It's kind of funny. He's like, eh. Out of my face. All right, Amelia Bedelia. Amelia interestingly fights Void Knight during the fight at Dino Henge. Hmm. Mm. I wonder why. We know that's your daddy, Miss Honey. Are you the Void Princess? Oh my God, could you imagine if she's evil for an episode? That would be so good. Oh, just avoid night armor and all pink. No lie, I would love Pop Pop to come up and just slap the shit out of Void Knight. What if he's the Void King? I just want Pop Pop just to be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I want that reveal early in the season so that they can have an episode where like Tantora can be like, oh, Amelia, sweetie, we're the right side. And like put a spell on her to make her evil. I want evil Amelia now. Or maybe Tantora is being mind controlled. Well, she's totally going to turn evil. Oh, yeah. Because the sporks are going to make her evil. I'm guessing that Pop-Pop is the father of Avoid Dine. I'm guessing. Because Santora looks a little alien-y. Alright, so Ollie has some good moments this episode. He's very hesitant to use his mom as bait to lure Avoid Dine into a trap. And Kai Moya does a really good job at protecting the sporey. Because you can really see it on his face. He can tell a story. You could see what Ollie was feeling. And he didn't have to say, oh, I'm very worried. He's just like, what? That's my mom. He also has a funny scene in Morph Form where he tries to get Dr. Khan out of her being bait with his funny voice. He's like, We want to foil whatever Void Knight's planning, and we need your help. It'll mean you come face to face with this crew. It could be really dangerous, Doctor, and I'm sure your wonderful and smart son would protest. Maybe? And that is exactly how Ollie would describe himself. 
He also is good at projecting anger and worry at the same time because he's like, What the fuck? That was my mother. You fucking let her get away. You better go save her right now. It's like, I don't know what you're doing here, but you better be going to the fuck the dark dimension and saving my mama before I slap shit out of you. All right, on to Javi the hottie. Javi has a Marvel-like quip when the team is talking about what Void Knight would need with Dr. Khan equipment, and he says, So Void Knight must have had his minions snooping on us again. But why would he take your mom's device? Maybe the Sporks weren't giving him the power he wanted. So he wants to tap into the grid's power instead? But what for? Summer's coming. Maybe he needs it to run his air conditioner? Those things need a lot of power. That is totally some bullshit that Tony Stark would say. So on to Izzy Azalea. Izzy's contribution to this fight is some epic wire foo to get Santor's podge damage. And then she says, Yo, Voidy, your chemistry project is failing apart here. I can help you with that. I got an A minus in chemistry. All right, on to Ion. His contribution to the episode is the blast of Picatspear. Pew, pew. All right, on to Solong Solon. Solon has a really good moment with Dr. Kana where she talks about microwaves and how she makes popcorn with it. It's like we're living in the future or something that was good where'd she get a microwave i need a lightning collection so long lightning collection i don't want no fucking keepers none of these other fuckers so long it'd be nice to get a figure of her period just give me salonosaurus mom okay that's all i want oh going back to what austin said she said that she ordered it online i'm like where are you getting that delivered to the just the front of dino hinge they just set it on the ground maybe she got a p.o box or she goes and picks it up at the 7-eleven picks it up she's a salonosaurus zadok or someone could pick it up for her also, where's she getting the money for this? Like, where are they getting all this money? Hey, where's Zato getting his money? Where did Zato get all those fits from? Maybe he's out there, you know, promoting his Zatosi. Alrighty, Jane and Jay Borg, not in the episode. G-Bag Garcia, not in this episode, thank God. Pop-Pop, not in the episode. We talked about Void Knight. On to Baby Mucus. Mucus has a really funny line after Void Knight gets mad that Dr. Akana's machine isn't working and says, I'm furious and I don't even know what the machine does. <laughs> On to Sly Slyther. Slyther gets kind of shady with Boom Tower when he's revived again and pretty much sets Boom Tower straight about him not surviving the first fight. I knew I'd survive that black hole. You absolutely did not. My magic resurrected you. What do you want? A thank you? Well, yes. Please. All right, on to final thoughts. Great mid-season finale. It was really good. That's why I got mad at the next episode that we're not talking about right now. This was such a good stop point. Why do they keep doing this is the mid-season finale, but then technically the Christmas episode is the finale? Like, that is so stupid. It's usually because the finale of the show is early December. So I guess they wanted to put it after. So that would be the last thing and it's the closest thing to Christmas. It's really terrible. It's really bad. I think I'd be less mad about it if it was kind of out of continuity it'd be cool if it was like a fun epilogue like the poise show was well the only time i excuse that is here comes hexamus because that's a better finale than the dino charge finale so if they would have just left this alone there was cliffhanger there was some resolution so if you feel like you're kind of safe but things are lurk there's still sporks we're still gonna fight those but we don't have to worry about void knight and his void bitches we can talk about the christmas episode for a second so the episode is pretty much revolves around javi wanting to get a, a good present for Solon. And then Santa comes in. He has a magic sketchbook. Offers to draw a present for Solon. Mucus and Slyther are revealed to come back from the dark dimension. And then they steal it. They make a monster. And then Slyther makes a giant version of himself. Meanwhile, Javi and Solon are trapped in the base. And they got to find out which one of them is a bomb. And then they go through flashbacks because all their secret Santa gifts are related to other episodes. Fucking cute as hell. If it wasn't where it's at, this would be a really great holiday episode clip show. Packaged really well. Where it put and then just enough of the peppering of having Slyther and Mucus come back. That's what ruined this. It kind of cheapened the mid-season finale because it took away the stakes that they built. The big setup for the season opener is going to fucking kill. But now they took a little bit of the edge away. Yes, that's one less thing they got to do in season two's premiere. Still a really good episode for a Christmas episode. I'm just a little bit mad because I really liked this finale and I don't tend to like them that much. So I was kind of upset because I really enjoyed this episode and I don't do that that often with the mid-seasons because obviously we know it's not done but this really felt like if i didn't know already this would be like oh this felt really good this felt like natural drama i'm fine with it when it doesn't mess up the finale like the poise show the villains are all dead so that lingering plot thread from the season premiere of super ninja steel where sledge and crew are back which they kind of had to fix up because they originally were going to do a dino charge team up but then they ended up doing dimensions of danger i also don't like when they try to do halloween and christmas in the same season they should have left halloween for this one and then do christmas at the end of next season 
Yeah, but I kind of want them to have a redo for Halloween. That was hardly a Halloween episode. That was Halloween in name only. Have one good Halloween episode, one good Christmas episode. That's all you need. We just need one. We don't need two either. They don't need both seasons. That's why I liked when Beast Morphers just used those extra two episodes for something different. The first one was used for the Olympics, even though that was kind of awkward because the Olympics was canceled that year. And then the second one was just an extra episode they could use for the Dino Team Up. That's kind of was my big mm, about this whole episode. Do different specials. You don't have to do the same holiday specials every year. Do a Valentine's Day special. Oh my god, please. Or use those extra episodes for team ups and stuff and cool stuff. I don't know, maybe tell more story. Back to the good episode. Void Knight's plan was really cool and kind of chilling considering his plan almost killed the Rangers. Speaking of Void Knight, I love every time we see him Hamilton in Centaur's secret room. He can act and he is fine. Sister has got really nice eyeshadow. He also has a good hair moment too. I don't know if it's such a good hair moment when you're up that fucking helmet on all the time the fight choreo was top notch this episode both the morph and unmorph stuff did some really cool choreo like the waifu i really like their usage of sentai footage too because it was old that they were fighting an old general the drummer with dr akan and ali was really good this episode too i kind of hope dr akan has more of a bigger role in season two because her chemistry with solon is really good i just want them to be the best of friends forever have a mother's day episode with solon and dr akan <laughs> and zato Ollie are like, what are we going to get our moms? It was nice to see a Morphin Master clean up all the shit the Dino Fury Rangers did themselves in the finale. And of course it's the green Morphin Master. There has to be a reason why it's the green one all the time. Yeah, I wonder if they'll explain that. Because episode one, we saw all six of them giving the Rafconian Rangers their powers. In episode eight, we saw the red and green one create the Ender Gems, Dino Gems, and Nexus Pairs in the division. And then episode 16 was the episode where Ion comes back. And we see her in a flashback where she frees Ion and then warns her about said so there's some up there we're just seeing this green one i don't know why she's sus maybe she's void queen what if she gets corrupted in the season two finale and becomes the main villain Ooh. and then they have to defeat a morphin master oh that could be really interesting we don't know what they're gonna do so we have no idea this is the first time we're going into a season where we don't know anything about season two besides commander shop coming back i like it i like that the season end with a threat still there even though all the villains are either trapped somewhere or about to be dead because the past couple of seasons have ended in a way where it's like oh all the villains are gone so our powers are gone the villains are gone well i guess we'll just split up and then the season premiere has to be dedicated to getting it back or forming the team back together again i'm tired of that trope or maybe the villains coming back or like having to establish that the villains are back i just want an epic season premiere because the mid-season finales like the dino charge one the beast morpher one and this one have been really good but their mid-season premieres the premieres are rough. I like that there's still a threat though because we still got Sporks Beast to fight around Pine Ridge, so they're still on high alert. They still have stuff to do but there's a false sense of security because they think they got rid of Void Knight. We need this tension because they are unsuspecting of his shit and drama coming back. And poor Mucus and Slyther are trapped in the dark dimension. Aww. But they're gonna be back. They come back in the Christmas episode so I guess that's one last thing the season 2 premieres to do. How did they get out of that dimension? We don't know. So maybe that's gonna be revealed to us in the preseason open like, we hit the wall and it bounced us out yeah we found a portal and just went through it i guess so that's the rest of dino fury <laughs> we finally finished it pretty good season yeah. yeah good times and now we can finally do rankings and retrospectives until season two comes back we have no idea when that is so we have a plan for february we're gonna do a ranking for best romances <laughs> official only oh that's bullshit we sat down and made a full list of every official couple it's for rangers and villains and then we're gonna do a retrospective at the end of the month for dino thunder and depending on if the show is back by march we might do a green ring <laughs> we'll fuck that up <laughs> but that's all we have planned for now so hopefully the show comes back like mid-march we'll find out we'll take it easy yeah we'll see we'll take it one day at a time Alrighty, so that is the end of 157 Man. We'll see you next week for another episode of The Grid, but until then, everybody say bye. 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 This has been a Morphin Legacy production, bitches. <laughs>